0: I guess I was a semester in. The semester just finished and we was getting ready to start the, the next semester. and I was on the basketball team and I really wasn't enjoying architecture. I kind of felt that I had to do it. Um, and I'd also heard I guess my whole life where, um, well not my whole life, but I, I'd heard that artists when they go to an art school their professors will try to impose their styles on their students and make the students kind of clones of, of themselves and I didn't really want to do that I wanted to be an individual so um, that's one of the, uh, the other reasons I didn't major in, uh, in art or illustration but then after seeing my uh, friend of mine his name is Joe Davis he brought his artwork he was on a basketball team as well and he brought his artwork in to practice one day and I was blown away by how great it was and how unique it was to him and I asked them, you know, I said they let you do this type of artwork for your assignments. And he said, uh, um, not only that, they they um, they help you do what you do better. They they want you to be an individual. And after seeing that, it really inspired me to um, to really follow my my heart and, and do the art that I wanted to do because at at heart at at heart I wasn't an architect. Um, I was a painter. So I decided even if I had to starve, I would. I would become an artist and do what I really love to do. And uh, the next day, I changed my major to illustration, and I didn't look back. While I was in school, I did all my work. You know, a lot of some of the kids wouldn't do their work when it was assigned, and they'd save it up. uh, They wouldn't do it until the end of the semester, and their work really kind of reflect reflected that. Then there wasn't much growth. But I always did my artwork on time, so I, I think I. And I got pretty good grades, so I think I built a lot of momentum um, and a lot of trust. I think um, my my professors trusted me. So by the time I finished, I um, I felt re- kind of you know ready to to get work to conquer the world, you know. So um, I think as a result of doing all of that work, and my mother taught me the art of visualization, um, visualizing your success and practicing for it. There was a um, there was a poster in my math math class in high school, and it said um, it said wish upon a star but do your homework too, and that's kind of what I was doing was by visualizing myself um, being successful at what I wanted to do. I was really kind of wishing upon a star, but I was also doing the work. So I think as a result of doing all of that, a lot of um, it seemed like a lot of things were kind of happening for me. And the first thing that I was able to do, one of the first things that I was able to do was um, I was hired to be a visual development artist for um, a movie at DreamWorks. It was a brand new company then. The movie was called um, Amistad. And and this was like two weeks after I graduated. The other thing was um, one of my professors gave me some names of uh, people I might want to show my work to. And uh, one of the one of the people were, or was, um, a guy at Sports Illustrated. So I took my work up there and showed it around, and I, at the same time I got a job from them. So I was fortunate to to really start working immediately. My book on the Negro Leagues has taken uh, approximately seven years, and the reason it's taken that long is because I've had to do a ton of research for each painting. Um, I have to make sure that uniforms are accurate colors of uniforms, the ages of the players represented, colors of the ballparks, which ballparks they played in, every last detail has to be accurate. Uh, Unfortunately, um, much of the the uh, records and um, photographs, many of them have been lost to history. So I've had to try to fill in the gaps with, um, with say knowledge of baseball or whatever I have at my, at my reach to try to f- paint this picture accurately. It's, um, the book is called We Are the Ship, uh, The Story of Negro League Baseball. It's the first book that I've ever written uh, and illustrated. So I'm really excited about it. it it'll be um, published in uh, January, I believe, of '08. i I've just been really fortunate to be in the right place at the right time. In in several instances, um, I'd say um, I mean my my artwork ended up at DreamWorks where I, where I was able to work on a movie with Debbie Allen, so that's how I was able to meet Debbie Allen, and, and she introduced me to several of of her friends or people that she's worked with who ended up buying artwork like Denzel Washington or Jalen Rose. Um, Spike Lee saw a painting I did in Sports Illustrated, and um, Wanted to some artwork of his own. Uh, I've just really just been fortunate. I think most of my my work has been has traveled around and 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 uh, gotten around by word of mouth. I don't I haven't really gone out seeking out celebrities or or what have you. They just I've just kind of run into them so to speak. What I did for Ellington was not a street as far as creating the um, that world. I mean when I was working on on Amistad. And I uh, also worked on a movie called Spirit, doing visual, devel- visual development. And when you do visual development for a film, you're pretty much creating characters, mood, lighting, and environments. And all those skills come to play when you're doing an artwork for a children's book. So um, when it came to working on Ellington was Not a Street, I was able to um, think about, well, since there was not much text, I had to th- try to think of this kind of a narrative. And I worked together with my editor, Kevin Lewis, and we went back and forth and he said, well, I think it was pretty much finished in terms of the sketches that I did, but there were a few spots where it, it really wasn't making sense. We had to tie it all together. So at the end of the book, uh, he was saying, well, maybe this is some kind of a, a gathering where all these really influential people are uh are are meeting for some reason political or not who knows and I didn't want it to be a political book it's a children's book so what I thought would work was uh, to make it like a big family portrait my grandmother has a great photograph she has seven kids um, and they were all they were some of them were married and um, my grandmother was sitting in the middle and it was this it was a great photograph really I always loved that photograph and I thought well I'll use that idea and just make it a, a big big family. And it worked. I think it did anyway. <laughs> I think Moses is uh it's certainly the most the most emotional. The illustrations have the most emotion out of uh, every book that I think that I've done even even I mean I did one on Henry's Freedom Box. Uh, called Henry's Freedom Box about Henry Box Brown and that's very emotional but I think Moses is even more so because most of the illustrations are very dark and moody. Because uh, Harriet Tubman did most of her traveling at night, so that meant that most of the illustrations had to be dark. I was a little bit worried about that because it's a children's book, and not that you can make um, or would make uh, the the topic of slavery cheerful, because it was anything but that had to keep my audience in mind but I also, also had to be truthful uh, when it came to representing Harriet Tubman and her plight so I was trying to find a, a middle ground where I wasn't sugarcoating Harriet's um, Harriet's journey so hopefully I did that. I always felt that it was important to share African-American history um, because one I, I enjoy it I find it very very interesting um and i think that uh we don't really get a lot of it in in um in our schooling so i think it's a one of the great ways for me to to learn and share it is by um by painting it uh one of the things i really enjoy about it is that it's when it comes to the artwork that i do i'm telling i'm telling human stories and that they're they're essentially human truths, and uh, I think that once we're able to see that, whether it's represented in an artwork that that is uh, that shows African-Americans or, or eth- other ethnic groups, as long as that essential human truth is, is there, we're going to understand it. So um, that's what I'm hoping that, that comes across. Everyone understands what these different uh, human emotions that we have. And when you can see it in a piece of artwork, you relate to it. You emotionally respond to it. And that's what's going to draw you to it. And that's what, I'm, what I aim. Uh, that's, that's my aim when I'm creating artwork. I would say that kids uh, that want to draw or become artists should, should practice. I mean, that's a really big thing is practice, practice, practice. Every day, draw, draw you know, and try to become better at it. And uh, draw things that you like. You know, that's what kids do. I drew cartoons. I drew Spider-Man and Mickey Mouse when I was a kid. And then, um, as my interests changed, so did the subjects that I was painting. So I would, I would really recommend that kids really practice, learn to draw, imagine themselves becoming what they want to become. Say it out loud. I want to be this. I want to be that. And then set about the business of becoming that. Just like. My Angela said she said say it out loud and said about the business of becoming who you are or who you want to be for teachers to to keep their eyes open and, and recognize that you know this kid is he might be acting out here but he can also he's also very talented in this area some you know some of those class clowns might end up being great actors one day or very outspoken people in in whatever profession they choose but um it's just a matter of finding or or keeping your eyes open looking at that kid and say well he might be a knucklehead in this instance but he's i see that he's very talkative or he's very artistic or he does these different things and maybe I can steer him in this direction maybe you should think about doing this or maybe you should think about doing that and hopefully just that that little bit of encouragement might point them in the right direction. The Reading Rockets Meet the Author series is a production of WETA. Major funding for Reading Rockets comes from the United States Department of Education, Office of Special Education Programs. For more author interviews, recommended reading lists, and information about teaching kids to read, please visit us online at www.readingrockets.org.